0: According to our records, you're dead. I'm what? Casting from the deep depths of cyberspace. This is Darn IT Podcast. Cybersecurity made simple. And I'm your host, Johnny G. Episode 12. Why all the email threats? Even in 2021, there continues to be an onslaught of attacks to our number one resource, email. Why is email still so special? And why do I keep making podcasts over it? do you think by now we should have had it figured out how to properly protect ourselves within our beloved internet buddy, email? One of our most prized and revolutionary tools has become the staple of our lives. Email is not going anywhere anytime soon and will continue to be the dominating tool in the foreseeable future. Now, the sad aspect here is that when it comes to email security, most users don't have a clue or an adequate system in place. Having a decent email service or email protection will not block all cyber attacks, especially email attacks. Now, you need to understand that email accounts get hacked daily, and once they're hacked, hackers can use your email for just about anything. Has your email been hacked? Have you experienced or had the, what would I say, the privilege of having your email accounts attacked? Now, this can be personally or can be work emails, whatever the case may be. It's not really a good place to be in. It's not a really great feeling once your email gets hacked because that's the almighty, the almighty tool. Now, with this Almighty tool, um, the the main issue of all of this is the fact that in in, in a general general term, uh, we usually have one to two email addresses that we use on a daily basis because most of us do not want to be burdened with multiple email addresses and multiple passwords on top of everything else we've got to remember. It makes it that much more difficult. But understanding the reasons why you need multiple email accounts, as well as the reason why you need multiple passwords is really the key, especially in 2021 to protect your most prized digital asset is your email. Now, when hackers hack your email, they can prolifer personal data acquired by an online account. Um, this includes your credit card information. Another thing that affects millions of people is identity theft. Now, again, I'll spin this back to you. Have you experienced um, getting your identity stolen? Or do you know someone who has? I have. I have known people personally and professionally who have had their identity stolen, and it wasn't good. Once your email and identity gets compromised, there's usually one way to solve that problem. is to start over and abandon the hacked account. Yes, I understand. It is time-consuming. It's tedious. It's a pain in the rear end. Believe me, I know. But it needs to be done. I can sit here and tell you, on a almost countless basis, on the amount of human beings I've spoken to uh, during and after an email compromise or a business email compromise, when I had to make the recommendation. Of completely changing the email account with a brand new one, I was met with resistance, and I understand to a point the the whole tedious aspect of having to change your entire email system, um, not to mention your email address. Like that is a is a lot of work, man. But the importance of this is the fact that it reduces the likelihood that your account will be breached in the future hackers want something tangible they want something that's active they don't want dead inactive accounts they want email accounts that are active they're juicy they're beefy they have all these accounts associated with them that's what they want and understand that your email address if you use the same email address in multiple accounts understand you're you're basically playing with fire here because statistically speaking Let's say, for example, you have your email address in mailing lists, in in companies, all over the map. You need to understand if one of those companies get breached, and it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when they do get breached. They will have your email address in their hands, and it's only a matter of time before cyber criminals use that information against you. They know that, hey... Uh, we got your email address from, you know, this grocery store you used to shop at, and it has your most recent email address. So what they will do is they'll get the entire list, either sell it to the highest bidder, and what these criminals would, would do is either try to, um, you know, sell that data again or try to breach the accounts to see what what, what more data or context they can get. Now, understand that once your account get, does get breached, All your contacts in your contact list will be stolen as well. So you're going to have a lot of people upset at you uh, if they can point back to that breach to you if your account was was hacked and they wouldn't be your friend anymore because they're going to realize that the reason that they're being spammed or being attacked is because their friend, colleague, coworker, whoever um, was a bit, let's say, arrogant with their email security and they're now being attacked. Trust me, I was on the receiving end of multiple people that I know who have been, their emails have been hacked. And, you know, luckily I I helped them through the process. But it is annoying and um, it just ruins your reputation for one. And it shows you how, or shows the person who, you know, thinks of you in a certain way, they will look at you as, I don't want to say an invalid, but (laughs) just look at you as someone who doesn't really consider their email privacy. Now, um, I'll get into 10 tips to protect your, your email from being hacked. But before I get into that, just conceptualize the reasons why you need to protect yourself. And I always say as a sort of golden rule to create multiple email accounts depending on what they're used for. So have one email account, which is completely different than the rest and a completely different password, sophisticated password. That you would use for your banking, um, you know, your whatever you use for financial institutions with, um, you know, credit bureaus, your your credit cards, um, anything like that, use another email address for a completely different email address for, you know, some of the stuff. If you're into sports or you know you're into things, you know, you can use that email to subscribe to newsletters. Or um, to blogs, etc. Use that one, and then use another one for for more personal stuff. Now you're gonna say, well, Darnley, why am I creating so many email addresses? Well, you gotta look at it this way. You need to reduce the amount of threats to one email address. So if you have one email account, and you have it for your banking, you have it for your 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 blogs, you have it for um, you know your hairdresser, whatever the case may be. What's going to happen over time is one of those institutions or companies are going to get their their system hacked, um either that be locally or if they use a third party, it's only a matter of time, and then that email address will get a, a breach. So if your bank if you have a separate entire a bank uh, account email address, for example, you will know if the your your sports site, for example, that you're visiting, if that website gets breached or you get an email saying, "Oh, we've been breached and blah blah blah." At least you will know that your banking email address is not compromised. So all the most special things are the most important sensitive information is including that email account. So you only have to change the password that's associated to that particular email account. Now, this is going to reduce the amount of headaches you're going to experience now or in the future once your email address gets compromised. A lot of people have hung on to the same email addresses for, you know, I've seen 10, 15, 20 years. And it's time for that to change. It's the 21st century, things have changed, and online activity has gotten much worse. So that that email address that would have been perfectly fine 10, 15 years ago probably is in some ways leaked on the web already, um, waiting to be exploited. So always have that mindset of being ready for change and not keeping the same email address you've had when you were a teenager, for example, or one when, when you first signed up. Um, especially if you have email accounts associated with, um, you know, a particular internet service provider, for example, um, you need to change that to a third party because then you're just essentially married to that provider. And if and when you change, or if there's any issues with their service at least you'll, you won't be basically committed or married to that particular ISP. So now the 10 tips to protect yourself from being, uh, from being uh, email hacked. One thing I always recommend because I always hear it, darling, how am I going to remember all these sophisticated passwords? Well, how am I going to do that? Like, okay, there are different methods. I'm not going to get into d- too many details in this podcast, but here's a general rule of thumb. Using a password manager and multi-factor authentication when possible is number one. but understanding that using a password manager is the key to success because within that within that password manager, you'll be able to create different dynamic passwords. Now the use most of the the password managers you can create your own super secure passwords, or you can use sort of a passphrase for your passwords. So for example, if I say, and this is an example, I like apples. Okay, so how can I make this complicated? Or I like to eat apples. So when it comes to I like to eat, E-A-T, uh, the E can be replaced with a three, a, the A can replace with the S sign. Uh, apples, uh, capital A, lowercase P, uppercase P, uppercase L, and the number three, and then the uh, lowercase S. You can use a phrase like this, which actually adds special characters, numbers to your passwords. But in a general rule of thumb, you will remember, I like apples. And then that would be an easy to remember password. It doesn't have to be, you know, like someone smashing your keyboard. You have to remember all those special characters. No, the, the best rule of thumb is to have different variants of this password in different ways, but essentially have different phrases. So you can have a specific phrase for your financial institutions, for example, for personal Etc. You can change it up depending on your, your needs. Uh, tip number two, with a new email account, make sure your two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication is available or supported. Now, I, I'm a bit apprehensive of recommending two-factor authentication because now in today's age, it's easily hacked and easily breached um, With with this day and age. So I highly recommend if possible, to utilize multi-factor authentication tools. So that would be any sort of authenticator app on your phone that gives you a six-digit number, a rotating number, uh, like some of those RSA keys with uh, financial institutions, Um, to use like a hardware key, like a YubiKey, for example, um, to basically use it as sort of like your secondary mode. Uh, Just try to avoid using two-factor as much as possible, especially in 2021 and moving onward. Because it is not safe anymore, and people need to understand that that it, some people just some businesses just use two FA, but it's kind of like a, it's a good first step. It's not the greatest, but it's the good first step. So just make sure that wherever you go, that there's some sort of a two FA or sorry multi-factor authentication available, so that you can become extra secure in your online portfolio. Um, tip number three, do not click on suspicious email links. And this also includes your text messages. Now, I've been saying this for years and people still don't listen. When it comes to your email and your text messages, understand that you're going to be getting links from people that you may know. It may not be some random stranger. It will be from someone who you know, and it may seem harmless. Always, always check the hyperlink to make sure that it's the link that that person wants you to go to. And it doesn't hurt to text back or call them and say, hey, so-and-so, did you send me this? Were you sending me about your vacation photos? Were you sending me about this this thing? It's better to be certain than to um, just be mindless and do something. So always, if something doesn't feel right, don't click on it. Think before you click, people, okay? Um, Don't go on public Wi-Fi to use sensitive applications, like banking, for example. Don't go on public Wi-Fi. If you're on public Wi-Fi, this would be kind of point five as well. Use VPN services, so virtual private networks. Using these services will help minimize the effect that your, your um data will be snooped by someone on that particular uh, segment of network. So having a VPN, and this is moving to point five as well, is, is having a VPN on your mobile device or your, or your tablet or computer. So there's tons and tons of VPN uh, tools out there. Um, again, um, none, of these, none of these applications are being sponsored or sponsoring this podcast, by the way, but it's just me making those recommendations. But use any sort of VPN um, tool that's reputable. And I can, again, I can break it down in another podcast if you like. Just leave a, a comment or message us. And use a VPN tool that would protect your online identity. Uh, And we just talked about number five for you using VPN. So number six, having a good endpoint protection software installed and up-to-date. Antivirus is not cut it anymore. Uh, There's different versions of uh, endpoint protection software out there. And my my recommendation is to get one of those total packages. Uh, Different vendors call them different things. By getting the total package, yes, you have to spend more. But they have things like ransomware protection, uh, built-in VPN, um like heuristics that type of stuff that will help protect your your mobile device and your actual computer i know some mac uh, systems or or um or our apple phone systems may not be supported with all of them just given how the architecture is it doesn't mean that apples are safe and secure i've (laughs) i've heard a lot of these these uh these Apple fans tell me that, but no, it's not the case. It's just because of the the support that Apple gives certain vendors and they don't allow them in certain aspects of the, the mobile device. So it really doesn't happen. So just make sure that it does support for your particular mobile device because not all of them are created equal. Uh, harden your – number seven, harden your router and wireless network. Most of the time, most people have, uh, especially in this day and age from, um, you know, commuting from – or not commuting, sorry – Working from home, a lot of people use the Internet Service Providers supplied router. Do not use those. Take this into consideration. Imagine how many devices that that particular vendor sells to multiple uh, Internet Service Providers in the country or across the world. Don't ever rely on the security built into these things. There are easily hacked, breached. I've seen it firsthand experience of this happening with some of the vendors in, in my area. Do not, I repeat, do not use and rely on that. Particular device only. Use your own third-party products to protect yourself and and keep them updated regularly. Goes um, which goes in point number eight. Keep your mobile device device or computer up to date. So if you don't have the latest version of Mac OS or Windows, uh, do it. If your computer is old uh, and you're still running an older version, uh, you know I understand sometimes money's an issue for some of us. I completely understand that, but. At, to what end do you risk your your online security? You know, just by having an antiquated version of Windows or Mac OS on the internet is actually um, a bad thing. Your your device can be compromised. Even just sitting there not visiting or clicking any links, just having it on the internet can be susceptible for attacks. So as I, I always say, if you cannot afford a brand new computer, don't. There's tons of refurbished options out there that are, you know, half price than the latest versions and usually a computer three to four years old is still usable uh, i myself use um, refurbished computers not just for a cheap sense but also for the fact that i, I want to uh, recycle and reuse and some of the work i do fix on the computers myself i'm not a heavy gamer um, I, I don't really use the computers beyond the basics for for business use so I do update and replace the parts as time goes on. But generally speaking, I keep my computers anywhere between, you know, four to five years, new or used. And I'm usually able to fix them up so they can extend their life. But sometimes, like one of my old Macs, I couldn't update it to the latest version anymore. I had to get rid of it because I didn't want to run on the Internet with a uh, an operating system that is antiquated, no longer supported by the vendor. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, it's planned obsolescence, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I understand. But it is what it is. You should not um, put down your security because you want to make a statement or you want to make, pick a fight. It's better just to get something that is uh, up to speed and up to date than something that's antiquated and, and that can cause you headaches beyond your wallet. Trust me. Um Last point I think it was on number 10 now is be prepared to initialize a credit freeze. A lot of people do not know how to do this. A lot of people who are who've just been breached or compromised um freak out and and get frustrated. It's like the the proverbial if your building's on fire kind of thing. You don't know what to do. And that's usually correct because once people do get breached or hacked, they go in complete panic mode. They don't have a plan. They don't set um, you know, a breach plan at all. And I've seen many businesses and people do this as well. It's best to have an idea of what to do in order to protect your, your, your credit. Because once your credit's tarnished, in this day and age, it's really hard to get it back. It's a real pain to get it back. So understanding if you do get breached or you're notified of a breach is to have some sort of identity threat protection, identity monitoring for one. Very key thing in the 21st century in 2021. But also calling your banking institutions, your credit card institutions and asking, them, hey, uh, how do I freeze my card if this happens? And they'll be able to tell you what to do, what steps to take. If you're not sure, if you're not tech savvy, it doesn't matter. But just having a conversation with the institution so that they understand or you understand the processes to freeze an account. Some institutions, you'll be able to lock the card itself. Some institutions, you have to call. But it's better to get a a great idea, um, first and foremost, before you get into the event of panic mode. So you know what to do right away and then you can act quicker. So you you kind of minimize the time that that hacker or or the the thief has time to use your credit. So if you can reduce that window significantly, it works in your favor. So in conclusion, email is not secure. Always assume this. Always think from the get-go That email is not secure. Do not trust it. Have a zero trust with email, okay? And I know it's hard to do, especially when we're on it 24-7 or most of the day. Um, Companies and people seem to forget this. I have seen some big institutions and small institutions do this. They send email um, and they attach special documents. So I've seen businesses like um, like a mortgage company, for example, um, putting in mortgage contracts, um, sending and receiving passports through email just being good old attachments or using uh, applications like Dropbox this is this is not the way to do it this is not a secure way to run a business everyone needs to make these assumptions that sending sensitive documents will and can be intercepted online so finding alternative ways to secure your emails prior to sending it that's something you need to do uh, if you're just sending photos of your family, you know, I would say make sure that's secure, but that's, you know, me, you may be a bit, you know, less caring about the fact that if someone wants to see your pictures, I say your pictures are just as important. They may not seem important to you, but criminals would want that information as well. They can see where you're going, how many kids you have, grandkids you have, um, you know, spouse, no spouse, all this information cyber criminals will collect doesn't mean they'll use it right away but they will use it to build up a case against you to either steal your identity or to attack you in some way, shape, or form. So keep this in mind. If you don't want this to happen, make sure that any of the email transmissions that you do, regardless of how insensitive you think it is, make sure you send it in an appropriate manner or use alternative ways to send your data. Keep the tips I gave above uh, or prior to this in order to maintain a cybersecurity posture that is is worth is not worth a cyber cybercriminal's time, energy, and effort to breach your account. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Darn IT Podcast. I'm your host, Darny e. G. Safe computing, everybody.